0: Aloha! Welcome to Waikiki Beach. Welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. My wife always says, Start off your show with the sign of the cross in Hawaiian. So, In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Dudes, we have got a great show today. I really like this guy. I wish I I, wish I, I could just tell I'd love to sit on the back porch in, of his family home there in Tennessee, 200-year-old residence there in in, in Tennessee. Have a cigar and a shot of good Tennessee whiskey and talk stories. So let's just kind of pretend we're doing that. We got Rod Bennett with us and we're going to talk about Scripture Wars. We'll be right back with more of the Bear Wozniak Adventure.
1: Welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Kickstart that engine. Roll thunder with the pack. Explore the grittiness of manly spirituality. Gain traction in the virtues. Zoop up your spiritual engine by turning adversity into adventure. Now here's Bear Wozniak. Let's ride.
0: Aloha, welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. My co-host today, my co-adventure guide is Rod Bennett. You know, why do we call it the Bear Wozniak Adventure? Because every one of us is on an adventure. We've all got a great, a great journey to take. If we just abandon ourselves to God's will, get ready for a wild ride. Uh, we have as our guest today Rod Bennett. Uh he, he, we have a lot of a lot in common i guess a lot in background but i want to ask you let's start first of all you're in tennessee are you really living on a 200 year old family home there yeah M-
2: more than 200 we've def- we've got uh, definite proof that our uh, family came here in 1819 and uh, that's been uh, more than 200 years ago now and we probably had been there a little while before that so uh, uh, in yeah, any... the same family, same family's owned the property the whole time. So. Are there
0: any log uh, log uh, barns or cabins on, on that property?
2: Well, the log houses are gone now. The house I'm in now was built in 1914. I tell people I sleep every night in the bedroom where my mother was born and her father was born. And uh, uh, but we're not quite in the log house. This is even though this house is 100 and something years old. This is the third house to sit on this property well, and those do, previous two were log houses
0: well i'm going to ask you a name do you know of a person named johnny jet uh that sounds familiar
2: but do you, i don't know do you know who I the barn that up right away
0: do you know who the barnyard builders are
2: mm, that sounds familiar okay
0: they're up there in the hills in that area and my wife uh i'll come in from a from surfing or whatever i walk in she's taking a time, short time out she watches barn barn wall builders I think is what it's called. <laughs> and they're there in that area and we're addicted to these guys cuz that turns out they're all Christians but they they they're tearing down or they're not tearing down they're saving uh, up the, mostly up there in the in the Appalachian area in the mountains of Tennessee and all the way down to Georgia and then sometimes they'll go into Texas now but they they take old barns mostly barns and some cabins that are going to that are not going to make right. it they're going to fall apart and they take right. the best of those old logs and, That's and right. walls, yeah. and they take them apart, and then they rebuild them someplace else. And and the, the amount of expertise of those pioneers, you know, building, build, do you think those log cabins that were there on that property at one time were built off of logs that were on the property?
2: Oh, all, almost from? certainly, almost certainly. We, we have good paperwork for uh, our, the history of our family here. In fact, we know the name of the old Cherokee man Whose property this was before the cherokees sold and moved to north carolina so we we even know the prehistory of uh, of this property so uh, well
0: you know i've almost been through, certain
2: yes that I've all never, the timber was harvested right here
0: that's the way they did it and they cut it down and they used aids or whatever that was things are called had to shave them and fit them and they didn't have they didn't use iron nails they used wooden nails and, and interlocking joints and and so my wife and i watched this series with johnny jet and i forget the the other guy, but they all one of the one of the what was what this guy say? One of the they asked him what is a question? What was the the greatest the the, the coolest house? I think uh, uh, Johnny Jett said it's it's the house uh, of my soul that God resides in. You know, so that? just real. Now you're not anyone. You're not one of those Southern Baptists, though. You didn't come. You're, you're I know you're Catholic now, but were you Southern Baptist? I was,
2: yeah. I uh, I think that was the tradition in my family, and uh, I was raised a Southern Baptist and and stuck to that until my mid twenties.
0: I, lo- I love those guys. I love those wandering guys. around. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I love those guys. You know, I was raised Catholic, but I moved from Santa Cruz, California, to Waco, Texas, which every Southern Baptist knows is the home of the Notre Dame of Southern Baptists, right? Baylor. Exactly. Exactly. The and great I, beating heart. Yeah, and I love those. Uh, and I went to, uh, I had to take religion classes, so I took Bible courses while I was there. And the professors to me at Indianapolis, Indiana Jones hadn't come out yet, but one of the professors just reminded me of that guy because he knew languages and archaeology and he just, he knew, it made the Bible come to life for me. And my, my Southern Baptist friends prayed for me. And I was good friends with a lot of the really beautiful Christians, still am and uh, and so I, but I, and I did have a beautiful spiritual conversion I would say while I was at Baylor through the through the Catholic charismatic renewal which right. as you know involves praying in tongues and things like that so they right. went away for the summer and I came back and then they came back and uh, yeah praise god Jesus you know I love Jesus and they go yeah but now we got to pray cuz you went too far you went just a little bit too far <laughs> Oops. but I'm dedicating this show to my friend Bubba Hicks who I played high school football with the year I moved to Texas my senior year in high school which high, Texas football is gnarly. He went on to become the great field goal kicker at Baylor and still holds the record there. And he's a beautiful Southern Baptist married to his beautiful Catholic bride. So we had to dedicate this to Bubba. So tell us about Absolutely. that. Tell us then about your journey, uh, Southern Baptist, and I think you went into non- non-denominational land for a little bit. Let's hear about you. And then I want to dig into your book, Scripture Wars, talking about Justin okay. Martyr in his battle for, uh, you know, for the time when they were discerning on the what would be in the Bible.
2: Uh, yeah, well, uh, I I will, uh, I wish I had a dramatic story of conversion that I got knocked off my mule by a bolt of lightning and, uh, and had a a dramatic conversion like that. But mine was pretty bookish. I think, uh,
0: I love those kind of conversions. I love that. When
2: I went away as a young man, joined the Navy, uh, in the late seventies, uh, you know, like a lot of young men out on their own for the first time, I sowed my wild oats and, uh, my mother sent me worried about me sent me because uh, she knew i liked science fiction books and fantasy and that sort of mm. thing she thought she'd make a connection with me by sending me books of c.s lewis
0: oh the the, so the trilogy got, the space trilogy
2: right and also yeah. the, the narnia books and, yeah uh, so uh you know i ate that up and got fascinated with the guy and read the uh, screw tape letters and then mere christianity and the rest of it so that was uh, that was a great reconversion to Christianity for me in a lot of ways, but it also, like a lot, as it has been for a lot of people, it was an introduction to a more historical version of Christianity. More of an
0: Orthodox. He was he was Orthodox in his belief. He wasn't Catholic, but yeah, C.S. Lewis. Dude, when I first when I had that moment when I came back uh, after summer and everyone's like freaking out because I I went in head first with my deep conversion in the Lord. Hey man, C.S. Lewis space trilogy. I, I read I read that within the first few months of that, and I and I just deep into C.S. Lewis. What yeah, Me too.
2: I, I very quickly bought everything of his that I could find.
0: But then, didn't you eventually get into G.K. too? Didn't you?
2: Well, you wrote yes, something about him. Ch- Ch- uh, Lewis, whose word was gospel for me at that time. Yeah. Said at some point that the book that had influenced him the most in his Christian journey was Chesterton's *Everlasting Man*. Uh. So I immediately sought that out as fast as I could, but was horrified <laughs> when I got it to learn that he was a Roman Catholic. Wait,
0: wait, wait a minute! What? Wait, what? Cause, how cause... on
2: earth, right? How on earth could Lewis have, uh, who, who everybody in my circle says is okay, how could he have recommended uh, this? Uh, horrible well, roman
0: well it's sa- it's sad because the southern baptists uh you know really a tremendous prejudice against catholics but really all based on on false understanding of what catholicism is but yeah so that's quite right. a leap for a southern baptist to be reading gk
2: well it was in fact i was uh i had uh i was pretty scared by the whole thing i remember buying <laughs> the book and then i kind of got afraid of it and took it and put it in the bottom of a drawer somewhere and hid it for a while uh, uh you know, if I'd been really wholehearted about it, I'd thrown it away, of course. You know, but, ah, uh, but yeah. no, there was something going
1: on. But yeah. uh,
2: but no, I uh, I hid it for a while, but then I went back in, and uh, I you know I guess I'd taken the fatal bite of the apple at that point because uh, everything I found in Lewis, I found even better in Chester.
0: Yeah, it was like it was
2: it was off to the races after if that. If you're
0: gonna, if you're gonna, you're a young man or a young woman, and you're you're bookish at all, you're gonna find C.S. Lewis. And you're going to go to G.K. Chester, and I just suggest you read everything by both of those dudes. I mean, you don't have to get into the distributionist type stuff, like I know you have done with G.K. and things like that. But, but their books are just so, so. Uh, G.K. has such a sense of humor, doesn't he? He puts yes. everything yeah. upside down. Well, you, you think it's this, but it's actually that. Yeah,
2: it's his uh, he's, he's famous paradoxes. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. So he was famous for that in his own lifetime.
0: Yeah, we love G.K. and he did, didn't he didn't he uh do a great debate I think at Carnegie Hall with the guy who was in the what was the the, the attorney's name Clarence Darrow Clarence it? Darrow yeah yes, he, he humbled
2: Darrow him. who was the uh, secularist champion at the scopes monkey trial as they called it which took place only a few miles from here no way well he Tennessee yeah. he
0: humbled that guy but he humbled him with a with a, a smile on his face you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Chesterton
2: <laughs> w- could never he, had, he didn't have a mean bone in his body so he couldn't he never wanted to humiliate or uh or uh degrade anybody and so uh and in fact i think the thing ended pretty amiably yeah uh, uh but the two uh uh the two of them are pretty interesting characters uh uh darrow you know the the scopes trial in dayton was uh never a real trial people don't don't realize that that was a that whole thing was a publicity stunt i mean it wasn't right. a real and trial. it was all
0: based on well, you know what? We gotta take a break. I'm sorry. We're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> I, I, we go. Out, you and I, I think we could have that that whiskey and cigar and go off on a long tangent. Yeah, absolutely. One of these. Absolutely. But we're talking with Rod Bennett. The, the book I'm interested in talking story with him about is Scripture Wars. I love Justin Martyr. We're going to talk about how Justin Martyr rescued the Old Testament for Christians. We'll be right back with more of the Bear Wozniak adventure. Now you can journey with other men on the adventure of a lifetime, growing in manly virtue through Bears Man Cave Community and our three-year school of manliness. Join at deepadventure.com. Better yet, you can lead your own sons through the same compelling video, audio, and written content. Can you imagine how much deeper your relationship with your dad could have been and how much more you could have learned and pitfalls you might have avoided if your dad had a tool like this to help to draw you both into a deeper, life-changing discussion? Now you have a trigger that you can pull that will take you into gritty discussions with other men and with your sons at deepadventure.com. Deep Adventure Ministries is grateful to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for underwriting the Bear Wozniak adventure on EWTN. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union provides car loans, mortgages, SBA loans, and depository accounts nationwide, as well as 24-hour support. Go to deepadventure.com to find their link or go to notredamefcu.com. Mahalo to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for making the Bear Wozniak Adventure possible. You can gain traction in the virtues in my book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. And you can be inspired by my personal testimony of heartache and triumph with my book, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, both newly published by Sophia and available at our web store, deepadventure.com and also on amazon.com.
1: is a warning. The Bear Wozniak Adventure is dangerous. The radical change Bear challenges you to is not for wimps. Change this station now to a soft rock station before it's too late. You've been warned. Now, here is Bear Wozniak.
0: Aloha, welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Hey, I want to invite everybody there. I wrote a book my wife inspired it. We were driving along the road here by Diamond Head in Waikiki, and she said, You're going to love this song. And it was Paula Cole, and she was lamenting uh, the loss of real men. And, she, and the, one of the words of the phrases of the song is, Where is my John Wayne? Where have all the cowboys gone? So, my book, 12 Rules for Manliness Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? Uh, it, it talks story about, you know, uh, you know the, the, basically it's like a father speaking to a son or brothers talking to each other. Challenging each other, man. You you know, the word man, by the way, the Latin word for that word is ver. It's where you get the word virtue. We're not talking about the genius of masculinity. We're talking about just plain old manliness. And I based my whole book on one person. His name is Rod Bennett, the manliest guy in all of Tennessee. (laughs) No, we got Rod Bennett back. We got Rod Bennett in the house. And um, uh, to, to just tell us a little bit more about your your conversion, and then we got to get into your book. So talk. To you, so you, okay. Southern Baptist on his way to becoming a Catholic—that's a wild ride. Uh,
2: well, I—I'll I, uh, uh, just say to finish up with what we spoke about earlier that uh, it was a pretty short walk from Chesterton to J.R.R. R. Tolkien, and then to uh, Cardinal Newman.
0: Uh, Colonel Newman
2: introduced me to the early church fathers. And that you see really all those
0: books behind me. You know what those yeah. are, right? Yeah.
2: That really sealed the deal. Uh, finding out, to, just to give you the shortest possible version, finding out that all of the Catholic distinctives, all of those things that I had chalked up to being barnacles that had gotten attached to the ship through the centuries, medieval inventions like uh, devotion to Mary and and the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, and other things like that—all those things that I had always thought were later accretions, things that had attached themselves to Christianity that didn't really belong there—when I opened up books of writings from early Christians who, who some of them knew the apostles, some of right. them had been baptized by the apostles, and to find these things in writings that were, you know, fifty, a hundred years, two hundred years after Christ—all of those things right there in your face was the watershed yeah you
0: know me too that's what brought me back to the church um they weren't barnacles on the boat they were the boat and the early church fathers are all so consistent with each other uh for the most part and 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 uh um so consistent with scripture you know uh but yeah they weren't they weren't that that's what brought me back and so you you found the early church fathers which ones really first spoke to you
2: Oh, well, Justin is one of them, and that's why there's a whole book there. But also, of course, uh, Ignatius of Antioch, I mean, Mm -hmm. the earliest, really the earliest uh, writings that exist outside the pages of the New Testament, Christian writings, other than a few fragments and uh, scraps. And uh, it's all there in Ignatius, all of the, uh, you know, he calls the Eucharist the medicine of immortality. Right. He, uh, uh, he talked to I me. Mean, the whole scheme is there. But who and, came
0: up? Who uh, came up with the word Catholic? Who was that?
2: Well, we don't know that. Uh, we but don't we know.
0: We know an we early know the history
2: of it. We do know that it's present in letters of Ignatius, and that were written about 109 A.D., maybe 104. Yeah. And uh, uh, so that's within ten years of the death of the last apostle. So and he speaks about it as if uh, it's already a recognized term, a coined phrase. Right. He uses the phrase, but he doesn't claim to be the inventor of it, and he's certainly not coining it there in his letter. He speaks about it as if everybody knows what it means.
0: So then, what happened? Uh, so you find the early church fathers. When did you go? Oh no, I got to become Catholic.
2: <laughs> well, that was a bit of a that was a bit of a long story. I wrestled with it for a while. Mm-hmm. I uh, it's in fact it probably took me about ten years to. Uh, to uh, work through all of it from the time that I started discovering the ancient faith to the time that I uh, actually was received into the Catholic church was about 10 years. In fact, my wife was ready to go before I was. Uh, she told, <laughs> she told her mother uh, uh, five years before I was ready that we were all, we were both going to become Catholic. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of a, a bit but of I, a, I, I, you know, the
0: guy, but the guys that you loved, like C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and, and there were others there in the, in the inklings that that's that that generation after Chesterton. They had one motto, and that was that they would follow truth wherever it led. And that's what you did.
2: Well, you, you try. You really do try. It's uh, uh, it's awfully hard to uh, not be bossed around by your feelings, by your emotions. Some of the wisest words that were ever said, nobody knows who said them. The old proverb that the man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. <laughs> oh, nothing yeah. on earth is more true than that right and i was very much being convinced against my will uh i was not anxious to do this it wasn't some some sort of stunt unlike some people very sincere people that were converted by the beauty of the liturgy or the love of Gregorian chant or well, all of that. I'm, I'm Ukrainian.
0: Fine. I'm Ukrainian. Vladimir, Emperor Vladimir, was converted through beauty and the love of bacon. I must say, because Muslims and <laughs> Jews don't eat <laughs> bacon, but, <laughs> but but I'm like Ukrainian, you, man. I beauty had, and beauty and bacon. Look at me, beauty yeah. and bacon.
2: <laughs> but like you, I had had wonderful experiences with other type of wor- other types of worship, uh, mm-hmm. charismatic or. Uh, Or Jesus movement type worship, all of the happy clappy stuff that some people some make so much fun out of.
0: But it's beautiful. Uh, Those people love Jesus, man. It's cultural.
2: uh, We oughtn't to elevate cultural preferences to absolutes. And uh, so, I absolutely second the emotion of people who say I was converted by the beauty of Gregorian chant. Peter, but other people have different. (laughs) different uh different paths no, peter
0: kraft was converted converted by beauty you know they hear this right. one of the deepest philosophical thinkers of our time was converted by beauty when he went into a cathedral i believe in new york with his dad
2: right so uh, uh but i guess i i guess i have to say that that mine was a bit uh than that and uh, uh it just had a different path to walk than than some folks but,
0: but eventually okay so now let's, let's let's just take this leap so justin martyr uh this book, Scripture Wars, is based on... So you find the early church fathers. And this is was my journey. I read Stephen Ray's book, Crossing the Tiber. You know, I had right. this beautiful conversion in college. I was a Catholic, but I gradually went into non-denominational land. But my dad and mom continued in the faith. My dad became a Catholic deacon. He sent me Stephen Ray's book, who's now a good friend of mine. Yeah. But I found the church... Because his book is written to his dad. It's very endearing, but very intellectual. And it's all based on Scripture and a lot of footnotes with the Early Church Fathers. And when I found the Early Church Fathers, I felt like I was the, the guy who discovered that the Emperor wasn't wearing any clothes. It was like, oh my god. Oh. And I read, th- I read the writings of this man, Justin Martyr. And when he describes, the, I believe it's called the Epiclesis, I thought I learned those words as an altar boy. And I realized the primitive church was a Catholic church. And I had no right. choice. The- but to come
2: back. The, uh, you know, when I said that all of the Catholic distinctives were not inventions of the Middle Ages, but are found in these early fathers, that's not an opinion. That's simply a matter of fact.
0: And now, you can read, read the books. They're right there. We've,
2: we, now, that doesn't mean that the job is finished there. In other words, all it, all it does is disprove the idea that these things are later inventions. They might still be wrong. They might still have been there from very, very early and still be wrong. Obviously, I don't, I don't think that. But uh, I'm not trying to bully anybody into uh, saying the early fathers have got you in a chokehold and they, they're they're well, you know in your head and you have to holler, uncle. You know. But yeah, I, I remember those that,
0: days. I've had that happen to me.
2: <laughs> but, but, but I you, am saying that you've had at least one block. Knocked out from under you, and that is the idea that all this stuff was invented centuries later. And you got and you got to rely rest- on that anymore. Yeah, have you got to, to, got to come come wrestle up to something with different.
0: You got to wrestle with it. Yeah. Uh, well, so now now let's talk more about the this book itself. You know, um, the you think about Paul versus the Marcionites. We're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, but the the uh, the concept that that, that when I, I you know I didn't know. I thought the Bible fell out of the sky. And I think a lot of Southern Baptists think that it came down as King James Bible, you know. And, and I didn't know where the Bible came from. I just had a feeling that Jesus was there. This miraculous thing happened and there was a Bible. And then 1,500 years go by and then we begin to learn about more stuff around the time of Martin Luther. You know, I, I just didn't know. Now, the, the source for the scriptures. So when, when we get back, we'll talk story about how the Bible came to be and, and the battle, the battles that were waged in discerning which books would be kept in and which books weren't. We're talking with Rod, Rod Bennett and his book called Scripture Scripture Wars. Uh, and talking about one of my favorite saints, Justin Martyr. We'll be right back with more of the Bear Wozniak adventure.
3: This is Daniel the Markham with another episode of Country Up. Ignorance. Some folks say ignorance is bliss. Well, now, pull on the reins there, partner. That is just plain stupid as a board. That just means one wants to avoid responsibility. Follow me on this. If one is ignorant, especially about things of value, that means he or she is working on stupid. In fact, stupid is likely to put your life in reverse, permanently. And while ignorance makes stupid, knowledge can be dangerous because knowledge on its own makes no one wise. Great knowledge may make you an expert at something, but without wisdom you could likely end up causing boo koo harm. Think about the folks who designed the atomic bomb. Mega knowledge, but devastating destruction and ensuing fear for generations. Today's information age culture exalts knowledge above wisdom. Without wisdom, knowledge is just stuff. Standing alone by itself, it's neither good nor bad. Wisdom assures knowledge will result in wholesomeness and goodness. And wisdom is primarily not just telt, it's also Schvelt. You get it by reading the works of the wise and hanging around people of wisdom. Like my old friend Arthur Dye. Arthur listened carefully to everyone, spoke thoughtfully and sparingly with discretion. I've soaked in considerable wisdom from men and women of God, like Martin Lloyd-Jones, who wrote the masterpiece Sermon on the Mount. Reading that book transitioned me from being a Bible-know-it-all hot-shot preacher onto a path towards humility with a wider view of the kingdom of God and life. Proverbs 24 reads, Know also that wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, there is future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. This is Daniel the Markham at countryup.org on a journey a few miles this side of heaven.
0: We invite our mama bears to join with us at deepadventure.com. You'll have access to all of the long ride home TV shows even before they air on EWTN. Plus, three years of the shareable ocean sunrise daily catechism videos, Plus, at deepadventure.com, a 20% discount at our online store with all of our great t-shirts and clothes and books and rosaries and medals and all kinds of accessories. You'll also get an autographed copy of Bear's latest book and for a limited time, a Catholic biker's stuffed teddy bear, all at deepadventure.com. Come on, Mama Bears. Let's hear you roar. Did you know that each Saturday morning you can receive the shareable YouTube video version of the Bear Wozniak adventure in our inspiring weekly newsletter, even before it airs on the radio or hits the podcast apps. Never miss another episode. You can even binge watch Bear's inspiring guests. Think about the impact you can have sharing these videos with your friends. Go to deepadventure.com and click the subscribe button.
1: the kind of man that when he gets out of bed in the morning, the devil says, oh no, he's up. Go to deepadventure.com and invite Bear to speak.
0: Aloha, welcome back to the Bear convention Adventure. We invite you to go to our website, deepadventure.com, Mama Bears. You can join our Mama Bears there, and men, you can join the Man Cave and the School of Manliness. Uh, when you join the School of Manliness in the Man Cave, you become part of a non-Facebook community where the men share with each other, challenge each other, encourage each other. I think of it like the Cave of Adullam, like when King David, all the men gathered with him there at the cave. The misfits, the, the guys running from the law, running who owed people money. And they gathered together and God made these knuckle-draggers uh, into the mighty men of valor. They formed each other as well. So come and join the Man Cave and, and, and go through the School of Manliness with us and lead your sons through the School of Manliness too. That's all at deepadventure.com. We're talking with Rod Bennett. <laughs> so, good cop, bad cop. Which is it? Is it the Old Testament God or the New Testament God? Talk to us about that.
2: Yeah, that was uh, uh, the apparent discontinuity between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Is something that everybody has to deal with in one way or the other. Uh, One common version of it you always hear, and used to hear a lot, Lot I don't know if they still preach it that much, but at least in in the 70s you used to hear about the God, the Old Testament God of wrath and judgment. And then Jesus came and showed us uh, the New Testament God of love and compassion and forgiveness. You can't have done very much reading in the Old Testament to have not seen an awful lot of compassion and long suffering and forgiveness on God's part. It is one long story of forgiving people that you and I wouldn't even forgive nowadays. Some of these people were barbarians, you know. <laughs> read the, the, book uh, of, read uh, the
0: book of Psalms, I mean,
2: Exactly. Some of the some of the Old Testament heroes are, you know, uh, I've got a chapter of a book I'm writing now called David the Barbarian. And I when want you, to read, oh, tell me when it's out,
0: we'll get you on.
2: You think about how wonderful we think of David with his harp and, uh, and David <laughs> the shepherd boy and all the rest of it. He was a man of war. His hands were so bloody from war that uh, God wouldn't allow him to build a temple to him. He said, "It'll be your son Solomon that builds it, because he'll he'll be a man of peace." So uh, you you see all of this in the Old Testament. There is you're dealing with people that are living in the Bronze Age. I mean, they're mm. they're very rough and very bad examples of Christian saints. Uh, you know, David had. 100 concubines or more. I don't know how many it was. His Solomon was even worse. Uh, You know, all of it makes no sense from a Christian point of view, and there is an apparent discontinuity between the Old Testament's idea of a saint and the New Testament's idea of a Christian hero. So, uh, and there's all sorts of other things like that. You only have to read the book of Deuteronomy, Or the laws that are in the book of Leviticus and all the rest of it, to not think that a lot of it is pretty strange, uh, pretty, you know, picky little uh, uh, laws about cleanliness and how to handle a dead body and other things like that. And, and, you know, Deuteronomy chapter 25 is this blast of all the horrors that God is going to put on uh, Israel if they don't, if they go back on their promise to obey and keep the law. So uh, there is an appearance of discontinuity. Yeah,
0: and, and it started with one simple law, thou shalt not eat. Right. And, then it, and it ends with, my wife says, but it ends with another command, thou shalt eat the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, or you cannot go. have life within you. so, so, so this
2: appearance to... of discontinuity mm-hmm. is what uh, has caused a lot of trouble and heresy through the centuries. And a lot of it depends on uh, getting the right answer about what happened when Christ came, about what he intended to do, in what sense he fulfilled the law rather than abolishing it, all these things, and you—it does require uh, some legwork, some brainwork I, I to work tell through you, it all.
0: I love the Old Testament. Oh yeah, because I'm, I love story, yeah. and the thing about the Old Testament—and I, lo- I just love the Old Testament—but the, the thing about the Old Testament is, it's the heroes are are not like—I mean, they're f- very flawed murderers and everything among them you know that became they, the but
2: they were probably better that's the odd thing is they were probably better than most of the surrounding people
0: but you know? but so this conflict <laughs> came to, yes oh yeah, yeah. and the one the one thing unique about the hebrews is they had one god but yeah. let, let's let's talk story about this good cop bad cop again in light of this the scripture wars wars the paul versus the marcionites you dig into that tell us about that what were, what were the marcionites no.
2: Paul himself predates, uh, and his career was over by the tam- time Marcion came along.
0: Paul does talk about— But that's, about, the, but that's it, the battle line, right? He yeah. does
2: talk about their opposite number. Paul addresses the opposite end of the spectrum, the Judaizers. The Judaizers were people who said that the apostles had gone too far in allowing people to quit observing Moses' law. They These, these were people who were Christian. But the, words, but, they, they but, but, but,
0: but the law isn't the Ten Commandments. It's the law, all these rules, right? Of right. what you well, well, eat, it's, how far you. It's both things. Yes, yes. But he didn't throw out the Ten Commandments. N- no, and that's he, part
2: of the that's part of the discussion in, in the book is how yes. we distinguish between what parts of the law are perpetual and what parts of the law were fulfilled. Oh, so, tell us about, yeah. tell us so, about that. Yeah. In fact, the very name Deuteronomy the book deuteronomy that word means the second law and paul speaks of oh. when he's addressing the judaizers he addresses the he talks about the law that was added the in other words law. the rest of the law that was added to the ten commandments oh. the uh, uh so it's a uh, probably too deep a concept to dig too far into the book's a little it, bit it's meat.
0: essential though because I, it's something that's always when people read paul they think Paul is saying you don't have to be a moral person to get to heaven. In other words, it's by faith alone that you're saved, which is not even in the Bible. The only place where faith alone is found is in James, where it said it is not by faith alone, but by works also. However, it's not Pelagianism. It's not by works alone. It's grace and works. But but but, but that area confused me a lot. So right. it's So I don't have to follow the law. I kept thinking he was talking about the Ten Commandments. He was talking about all these other little rules, like you don't get to eat lobster.
2: You well, know. be careful. Okay. Be careful. The The little rules weren't little. God promised to okay, bring I, I horrible apologize. devastation on I the people apologize. For breaking yeah. any of the laws. Right. You have to keep all of it. You can't the second drop laws. any of it.
0: The second it, laws. Right? Okay. All of it. The yeah. Ten
2: Commandments and the second legislation. Got it. Okay. And uh, you, we've all heard casual sermons about... Uh, about how the pharisees were were uh uh, legalists who majored on the minor and all the rest of it the the prophets the old testament prophets had done a very good job schooling the pharisees and all the rest of the of israel with the principle which is undoubtedly an authentic principle of the old testament and that is that blessing comes to a people through obedience to the law strict obedience to moses's law all of it and cursing trouble warfare invasion comes when you neglect the law even the really little ones okay
0: okay so very in good. the Old Testament thank you. yeah right
2: thank you. so uh, the uh, uh, we need to be careful saying that there were two different classes of laws, some of them important and some of them not important that's not really the answer How,
0: what, what is the answer
2: the, the, the answer is that some of them were permanent and some of them were meant to pass away some of them had a built-in sell-by date that Saint Paul connects to the coming of Messiah.
0: And if Paul hadn't done that, Christianity Christianity would have remained a small sect of Judaism. We never would have It'd probably invaded.
2: been reabsorbed back into ma- right. mainline Judaism. His uh, under,
0: his depth of uh, love, at, well, he was a he what what he was a Pharisee, yeah. so he so he his depth of understanding. They say, by the way, when he disappeared, he went away and just studied for three several years, maybe over a, the, the cave of uh, uh, where, I think, where the, the mount, mountain where Moses uh, received the law. Mount Nebo. Yeah, they say some, say, some traditions say this. He went deep in the Old Testament and then drew out uh, his understanding. Right, right. So t- tell So tell us about that. And then we got to take a break again, we'll talk about Justin Martyr.
2: Well, Paul, in the book of Galatians, which is his, his treatise against uh, the Judaizers, the people who said Christians had to continue observing all of the old testament law uh he says that the the law that was added was destined to pass away with the coming of the one to whom the promise had been made and that one is christ so uh there uh many people remember that uh moses introduced the old testament law and he was the lawgiver Uh, mm -hmm. People forget that that wasn't the founding of our religion. The founding of our religion was with Abraham 400 and something years earlier. And Abraham had operated under a whole different economy of salvation, one in which his priesthood was built around Melchizedek. And people don't remember Melchizedek did not offer the blood of sheep and bulls and all the rest of it. He offered bread and wine.
0: That he's our, a lot of people don't even think about it, but Catholics hear about him every time they go to mass.
2: Right, exactly right. right. So mo, the period of probation that was introduced after the golden calf, and all this is is spelled by, out much by, more by convincingly in the book. That period of probation had uh, a time limit on it.
0: Okay, we got to take, take a break. We got we got to take a break. Well right. said, you. I, I, I wish i was you i wish i knew all this stuff we're talking with we're talking with rod Rod bennett yeah we're talking with rod bennett we're going to come back and talk about why he's called the wonder boss we'll be more we'll we'll be right back with more of the bear Wozniak adventure people love our ewtn tv show long ride home with bear Wozniak. thanks to you the show has won four different tally awards and now instead of waiting each week for the next episode to air you can actually binge watch our show and even share it with your friends when you go to deepadventure.com and join the Mama Bears or the Man Cave. Along with all the other benefits, you get total access to all the seasons of our aired episodes, plus instant access to episodes that won't even air for several months. Long Ride Home with Bear Wastick, a great way to communicate the gospel in a gritty enough way that even tough men will stop and watch at deepadventure.com. That's Deep Adventure Ministries is grateful to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for underwriting the Bear Wozniak Adventure on EWTN. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union provides car loans, mortgages, SBA loans, and depository accounts nationwide, as well as 24-hour support. Go to deepadventure.com to find their link or go to damefcu.com. Mahalo to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for making the Bear Wozniak Adventure possible. When you go to the Bear Wozniak Deep Adventure YouTube channel, you get access to all of our free playlists, including hundreds of episodes of the Bear Wozniak Adventure, plus the three-year journey through the whole catechism in our Ocean Sunrise Catechism series. And you even get short clips and live streaming Of Baron Cindy's Adventures in Paradise videos. Go to YouTube and subscribe to the Bear Wozniak Deep Adventure channel.
1: still listening, I thought we warned you to change to an easy listening station. Well, you asked for it. Here is more of the Bear Wozniak Adventure.
0: Aloha, welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Our new season of Long Ride Home, our motorcycle TV series on EWTN is out right now. You can watch it there. It'll probably be out in Prime Video 2, or you can go to our deepadventure.com website and become a member of the Man Cave of the Mama Bears, and you get access to all 33 episodes. The new season, all 11 episodes are filmed here in Hawaii. So I, you know, I used to be called the Wonder Waz, and you, you were called the Wonder Boss back in the day, right?
2: I, I published a magazine called Wonder. So I was uh, the boss. So oh, that's, that's so cool! So be, the, uh, the word
0: "Wonder" just seems like such a great title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's let's that, go right into in. So let's go right into this. Um, Justin Martyr in the Old Testament. Tell us, tell us about that. When the when we were we were discerning what would. Go ahead.
2: Well, the reaction to Ju- the Judaizers was uh, created by a man named uh, Marcion, whom I personally believe, and I make this case in the book. Marcion started out as a Judaizer. And uh, he eventually had such a uh, reaction in the other direction that he wanted to reject the Old Testament altogether. So
0: he was a Christian who believed you had to fulfill right. the law. And they right, said, right, yeah, right. he threw the baby out with the bathwater.
2: Yeah, he uh, uh, he believed that the uh, eventually came to the strange point of believing that the God of the Old Testament was real, but he wasn't the real God. Right, that he was a kind of a second uh, level uh, spiritual being under God. He was the creator of the of the earth, and he was the God of the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, but he wasn't the supreme God. There was and a and this supreme, became a this God is a big.
0: Him. This is a big deal. The oh yeah, whole, all of saying, Christianity could have become Marcion. There's it, got,
2: it, it could very well it, have and there there have been revivals of this uh through the centuries attempts anytime you have got somebody who talks to you about the god of love who is better than the Old Testament god of judgment he's, he's, a he's basically pitching a version of Marcionism. Yeah,
0: there's no narratives so, uh, they're all they're all they all go back. So, so tell us So it was
2: uh it was Justin who was the one who wrote the church's first great book about all of these Old Testament problems—the problems that kept people from being comfortable Christians. What
0: what, what book what 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 of his writings? His was book that? was
2: called. This book is called the Dialogue
0: with Trypho the Jew. Oh yeah, Trypho was a yeah. rabbi,
2: uh, whom who Justin debated about the year one fifty five or so. And a lot
0: of those old philosophical books are written like dialogues, weren't they? So he well, definitely. What, this this
2: really does seem to be have been a debate that really happened although the way he writes it up is in a in such a form that it includes both the argument against the judaizers and the argument against the Marcionites.
0: so it's so it's really they're
2: the same heresy in different
0: forms. but it's the aquinas way of showing presenting both arguments right right in in their best light yeah
2: he justin presents the answer the church's answer to both errors the, both the Old Testament maximizers and the Old Testament minimizers are both in the wrong, and dangerously in the wrong, because they both falsify the gospel in their own way, and they both tend to make the Old Testament into something that it isn't. Justin knew that the tradition passed on from Christ and the Apostles was that the Old Testament writing is Scripture, and that the God in it is the God worshipped by Christ and the Apostles. So, uh, the uh the danger to the old testament was a danger to christianity root and branch and it had to be dealt with and justin is there to answer the questions the really great thing about it is that justin was uh somebody who grew up in samaria although he was a roman he was a pagan roman he was a kind of a a, a colonizer and but the interesting thing is he was converted by reading the old testament prophets not the the new testament apostles or gospels the, he was converted by the, the the prophets so he understood the Jude- the appeal of judaism he understood the uh beauty of the old testament writings and at the same time he had the other side of it too he was a man who was not a jew he was somebody who who needed to know what the gospel plan for saving non-jews was so this was a personal personal uh Problem to work through for Justin, and he does do it. And in doing it, he gave the answer that satisfied the whole church, and allowed us to speak of an Old Testament and a New Testament as part of one Bible. And it was Justin that solved those problems and uh, really destroyed both the Judaistic heresy and the Marcionite heresy uh, in the early, in the mid 150s AD with that with that one book. And what's the essence of what's the
0: what's the essence of one or two of his main points? Well, Mm. uh,
2: again, it's a little bit a little bit too complicated to do in ten minutes, but it is. uh, Well, you only have five. Oh, then I really am in trouble. (laughs) I will say this: that uh, I think it was one of the medieval uh, exegetes who who really worked out what it means for something to be fulfilled when an apple falls down into the ground and shrivels up and the seed goes into the ground and it dies, it gradually becomes, if all goes well, a small tree, a big tree, a tree full of big fruit. But it it can only do so by ceasing to be a seed, ceasing to be an apple, really. And uh, so when a thing is fulfilled, it has fulfilled its purpose. It has done the thing that it was destined to do, the thing that it was created for. It fulfilled itself by ceasing to be, and by becoming something else. So uh, when Jesus said, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, to bring it to completion. That is the
0: best example I've ever heard of. This. this is great. Yes, the
2: law is gone. It's not for Christians. It never was for the Jews permanently. It was always meant to shrivel up and die and then be reborn into something else. But that was not the death of it or the end of it. It was the fulfillment of it. It was always destined to become an apple tree. And that is the sense in which Christ, according to Justin, and according to this whole school of thought, brought the Old Testament law to its completion, and thus to its fulfillment. It fulfilled its purpose.
0: Wow, that's so well said. I, I've never heard it said quite... Do you know who that was? was that, that... It
2: was Robert test, an English uh an oh, English medieval uh, exegete, although he probably spoke French. <laughs> he, he was English. He was he up in that.
0: He was in that corner of France,
2: right, or that corner of England,
0: Norman. Yeah, depending on how yeah, you look yeah. at it, <laughs> depending yeah. whose perspective you're looking at. Right, right. Well, it's a beautiful book. Scripture, scripture, scripture wars with Justin Martyr. What's one or two more things people can take take uh, from you today that uh, that they'll find in the book when they get it?
2: Well, you'll see. I think how. Uh, how different versions of the scriptures were created to satisfy different audiences it's kind of like cable news channels these days we get cable news channels based on how the viewers want the story told you know everybody likes to hear it the way the way they like and uh, there were oh, there were bible canons bible uh manuscripts that were created in in the early centuries the first 2 centuries that were cut for different audiences if you wanted to be a law maximizer, you wanted to be a Judaizing Christian, or else just a Jew in the New Centuries, then you uh, rejected the Septuagint version of the Scriptures, which was used which, which by the is,
0: Apostles. Which Jesus
2: quoted. Absolutely. There are 350-something Old, okay. old Testament quotations in the Gospel in the okay, New Testament.
0: Let me ask you this then, because we more got more than three
2: hundred are direct quotes from the Septuagint. From the Septuagint, right? That's why right, it's the exactly. Old
0: Testament. That's the Old Testament that Catholics use. So, exactly right. So, so let me. Uh, yeah, it has the other, the extra, the other books. But uh, two, two minutes. Tell me about then how the this library of letters and books came to be canonized. You got two minutes. <laughs>
2: Okay, I can't do that, but I will say that uh, uh, I will say that the tradition seems to have been a tradition of the apostles, but it had gotten a little fuzzy around the edges. So the churches had a project of looking at all of their traditions, about which books and letters belonged in the Bible, and comparing notes with each other about which Trish traditions were the most authentic, which traditions were the oldest, and then by comparing that process, which, by the way, took about three hundred years.
0: And this was a bunch yeah. of bishops, wasn't it?
2: And uh, everybody else too. The mm-hmm. the uh, we, they went literally went from church to church and asked people, "Which canon do you use here?"
0: And who and who was the they though?
2: The, the they were the people who were investigating it. We mm-hmm. don't know who the bishops and priests and elders and all it's the rest so of it cool. uh, sent out, but they seem to have sent out real investigators to compare Bible canons because the whole thing was based on. Go find the churches that were founded by the apostles. Find out which books they read from the pulpit. Wow, that is your canon list.
0: No, no, no. And then f- when you brought felt- them
2: together, there was a little bit of things that didn't quite overlap, and there was a little process of discernment there. But for the most part, they found the traditional Christian canon. And even when was this? all when- the details down
0: took a while. You said it took a took a long time. When was the canon established?
2: Well, about, uh, it's hard to say. St. Augustine oversaw a a process in the mid 300s or late 300s, 360s, a final uh, going over. And and he was the one that
0: that really argued for. We got to go, but wasn't he the one that really argued for the book of Revelation to be included?
2: Well, the book of Revelation was doubted in the East and accepted in the West. Uh, The book of Hebrews was accepted in the West and doubted in the East. So that gives you an example of uh, some of the little uh, uh, disparities. Things that had to be reconciled.
0: And this comes back to the big question of who has this authority. I know Southern Baptists say, well, Luther said, every person could read the Bible for themselves and understand it. They don't need a teaching authority. But Jesus said, poor
2: Luther, that was easy for him to believe in his day because... uh, he finally read the Bible in German, and he thought everybody would get the same answer he did. That was more believable in a world where reading was far less common, especially reading in your own language. Yeah, but right away he... He, he, he shared the same thing that both, most of us have, and that is, I see it this way, surely everybody will see it I, You know, it's way. interesting,
0: as, you know, and he had that his good buddy, Zwingli, he and him almost immediately had a falling out about Scripture. <clears throat> we don't need to be our own pope, we need to have a teaching authority. Highly recommend that you, uh, Jesus said, I will build a church. And we don't know. He, he was a builder. He was a builder. He had a blueprint. He had a plan. And uh, you can help understand more about this process by reading Scripture Words with Rod Bennett, the wonder boss. <laughs> Thank you, Rod, for joining us. we got to go. We're already. Thanks, old. It's been fun. I, yeah, I, I, I want to have that. I want to have a, a cigar with you or whatever. That sounds need. great. Well, you come these. down
2: here and have some of this Tennessee whiskey. You yeah, we'll do my it. grandfather used to make it out behind the barn out there.
0: A yeah, dog, you probably ago. still are. You're just not telling people. We're talking with Rod. <laughs> well, it's, legal. it's legal here now. So. <laughs> the last time I was in Tennessee, I think I was actually in Kentucky, one of the distilleries there that I visited, the next day, all those barrels came crashing down. I don't know if you remember that a few years ago. It wasn't yeah. my fault. It wasn't my fault. Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to go. We got to go. Rod, thanks for joining us. Till next week, may the breath of the Holy Spirit, aloha you. Hello so everybody. Aloha.
1: Thanks for listening to the Bear Wasting Adventure. Find more manly conversation at the Bear Wasting Deep Adventure YouTube channel. Subscribe and ring the bell.